Hello and welcome to the Non-Breaking Space Show. Our guest for this episode is Matt May, who is a developer, technologist, and accessibility advocate at Adobe. In this episode, we talked about all things accessibility, Adobe and the Creative Cloud, and of course, Internet Explorer 4 channels. Christopher Schmidt and I, Chris from Canada, are your co-hosts for this episode. Christopher is hosting the online CSS Summit late in July. Check out the details and tickets at cssummit.com. Also, be sure to pick up his latest book, Designing Web and Mobile Graphics, sold at dwmgbook.com and wherever fine and illicit books are sold. If you want to learn more about podcasts, check out my podcast series, Show Me Your Mic at sskTN.com. And of course, Dave's usually here, but he's off saving the world from bad web design. His latest book is CSS, The Missing Manual. It's an awesome book, and check it out on Amazon.com. Of course, all this stuff and the show notes and everything else will be found at nonbreakingspace.tv. Our guest, Matt May, can be found on Twitter at Matt May. And also check out the Adobe Accessibility blog at blogs.adobe.com slash accessibility. So thanks for listening to our show. We had a great time chatting up with Matt May. If you love it, please give us a rating on iTunes or leave a note there. We have very fragile egos to nourish over here. Enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the show, um, Matt, Matt May. And thank you. Uh, thank, uh, we're honored that you're here. Uh, well, the first question that we ask everyone is, uh, how did you get into web design? Uh, just, you know, how'd you get to it? Because one of the reasons why we ask that question, or as I or I ask it, or when I, is, I love asking it, is because our industry is relatively young, and so people just didn't go to school. Most most people didn't go to school. Say, hey, I'm I can't wait to learn to code, or make a web page. You know, and so like we kind of like, kind of backed into a little bit, if you will, yeah, into uh, web design. So I was just kind of interested how, like, this crop and this generation, like got into web design. Oh yeah. Uh, so I was, I was actually thinking about this this morning that, you know, I was, I was in web design when the hipsters in San Francisco were into jungle. So <laughs> I, I feel like I, I mean, I, that's a, a generation ago now. So I, um, but, uh, actually I was, the first time I touched a web page was, uh, I was working on windows 95 tech support in Colorado Springs. Wow. Uh, and there was uh, there was a knowledge base that Microsoft gave us that we you know where we shared with uh, I was working at digital of all places at the time and uh, you know there were a bunch of other companies that were you know IT provider or support provider people uh, and we couldn't contribute back to the Microsoft knowledge base so we had these answers to questions but they hadn't been vetted and mm-hmm. so the way that we started sharing that information was by creating an internal website for our own people. Um, so I got to, you know, that was like before Internet Explorer 1.0, that was before, uh, Internet Information Server. So we had this like MWAC server that we, that, you know, old school Windows NT server and, um, and we had a lot of free time and we had Microsoft Paint. So we got to do some kinds of, (laughs) you know, hacky kinds of things. And, um, the time came where I had to decide, like, do I want to keep doing tech support or do I want to do something else? And I jumped over to a web design company in Colorado Springs that had clients like the uh, USA Weightlifting, USA Hockey, US Space Foundation, um, the Free Willy Keiko Foundation, and um, yeah, that was what got me into the into the design end of things. I I, I had you know a, a bunch of clients that were really early into the web thing, and I could kind of shape what they were doing. Oh. So it you, was a, so you, so you created your like an internet for your team is, is that what yeah yeah oh. so and it was uh, I mean like until we got IIS one which was like right at the end of the of the time I was working there I was ninety six um, it was basically just you know we were sharing over Samba <laughs> we were. We were just, uh, you know, we had shares with HTML files that were linking to to one another, and we were just kind of learning that way. And, uh, what was Samba? That oh well, SMB, SMB, like the, the Windows file sharing oh, okay. system. Okay. Uh, but uh, it, well, Samba was the the open source implementation of that. That's in Linux and all that fun stuff. Okay. Um, but or open source ish. Anyway, uh, we you know so we were just we just had like file shares that had HTML files in them, and that was sort of the 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 level of, of sophistication that we had, but we, you know, it, it seems like a no brainer to talk about links, right. you know, it, it was just like, like they, they sprang fully formed and everybody just kind of understood them intuitively. And it wasn't really that way, you know, like we, we, we learned a lot about, um, about 
organize, you know, about organizing and navigating and, you know, adding new nodes into that, into that structure. So, uh, you know, I kind of, I kind of got semantics down and, and information architecture at a rudimentary level down mm. really before I, I even opened, uh, you know, a, a graphical editing tool. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, um, like back in the day, like we were just like, we're really concerned about the aesthetics of how an HTML document looked with just like text and links and like paragraphs and bullet links lists and stuff like that. So we're like, like when I first made my web page, it was just like, this is cool clip art from this other site. And it works when I load in the, the, the web page because I, I hadn't figured out like, you know, image file types yet and which ones were available on the, on the web page and stuff like that. So it's, but yeah, so I feel like yeah, that's definitely, yeah, well, I mean, it, it was it was impressive that we could do that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was, we we had this, uh, you know, and the 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 things that we learned, uh, you know, and and the, that ended up sort of shaping um, the next five years, the dark ages, uh, the uh, killer websites era, <laughs> <laughs> were that we could, you know, that we could use fonts and we could do these, you know, we could do these, these big images and, and send them and send them over. And we, you know, we kind of had this embarrassment of riches uh, in this, uh, you know, in, in HTML and, you know, CSS popped up a couple of years, you know, within, within that time frame. And, yeah. Um, you know, we started to, we started to use Java and then JavaScript, you know, like Java was like, oh, wow, we could totally do all of this really cool stuff now. Yeah. I do a cool ripple effect when my mouse hovers over a photo. Yeah. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of funny. Cause like, that's like, I totally embraced the whole killer websites, whole thing about that. So, and, um, when, when that happened, so, but, uh, it's funny that you reference it, reference it as a uh, dark ages. So, yeah. Well, I mean. Actually, it's kind of uh, the, you know, because now I'm, you know, my, my specialty is accessibility or universal design. And, uh, and, and I, I can sort of pinpoint a couple of, of points not far down the road from there where it became obvious that that was going, I mean, that, that, um, that we were doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, I, was, I worked for Expedia. And um, I don't know if you remember the IE4 channels. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. So there was this. Uh, for those of you who aren't who don't who don't remember that far back, the um, when Internet Explorer four came out, they were they were really touting this dynamic HTML thing, uh, and <laughs> in order to show it off, they did um, uh, they they had these bundles of uh, it was basically like a zip file containing a manifest and a you know which was actually a precursor to um, RSS the mm -hmm. CDF format. Uh, so it contains the contents of the of, of this thing, and then this HTML, CSS, JavaScript mashup thing that you could uh, that you could run solely on the client. So I mean, it's kind of like the widget specification right now, except it was over 15 years ago. Uh, and I was pulled in to, to work on the uh, Expedia channel for IE4, and they had a uh, they had this fair map which uh, had they were like so excited because you can drag these flags all over the all over the screen and you drop them and then it would give you like the current low fare of between those two cities. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they had hired a design company to do this and this page was like uh, 64k of HTML mm -hmm. to to be able to drag all of this stuff around, which doesn't seem like I mean, but we're just talking the HTML, not the images or any of the right, supporting yeah. lateral files. Yeah. Um, and so they handed it off to me and I'm looking at all of this duplication and this crazy stuff. And I'm like, we need to tighten this up like a lot. Cause 64 K was a lot when we were all wearing using, yeah. using like, you know, 28, eight modems. So, uh, I, uh, I got it down to eight mm -hmm. and the way, I mean, and the way that you do that is it, you know, was, was by determining what is this information? How am I going to use it? And how can I minimize the bits over the wire doing that? Mm. Um, so that was sort of the first, you know, my first optimization jag, uh, where I was just trying to figure out how do we, now we have these tools, how do we do this stuff mm -hmm. efficiently? How do we do this the way that it was intended? Mm. Um, and then a couple of years later, I was working for uh, an online grocer called Home Grocer, which was later bought by WebBan, 
Um, that's a whole different story. Yeah, uh, yeah pour, time, pour one out for web banding. Yeah, right. <laughs> Actually, don't just let it. Just leave it. Leave it dead. That's all I want. I I have this like web van decision tree, which was like, I worked there for about for about ten months, which was which was enough to see sort of what it was what it was like. They had uh you know they had engineers that that, that were there, um that were posting like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross quotes on the board oh. just to show like their dissatisfaction with the organization. Um, but the web van decision tree was like. What's the worst possible thing you could do right now? Like, do that. <laughs> Are you out of money yet? <laughs> that was basically you know, sort of every decision that they that they made. But anyway, um, you know, the, the the original like online pictures that came out in like the late '90s, their pitch was, "Here are all these soccer moms. You know, economy on great guns. They have all the they have all this disposable income, and delivering groceries to them would be a profitable enterprise." And you'd be surprised how close we actually got to showing that that could happen. Like we had some centers that were actually starting to turn a profit, but it was just, I mean, the day that that home grocery IPO'd in 2000 was the last day that the NASDAQ went up when it hit 5101. That was the day that we IPO'd and it went down 70% from there. So we never got to actually prove that this was a viable thing. Um, but while we're getting all of these like soccer moms calling, calling in, you know, to, to, you know, to, for for helpers to give feedback or something like that. We had some other people that were like, hey, it's really nice that you're helping all these people out, but let me explain what grocery shopping is like for me. Uh, I'm blind, so I can't drive to the to the store, so I have to get somebody else to drive me. And either they help me shop, like walking me through the aisles, or I have to call in advance and I have to pay a delivery fee and I have to I have to listen to the list of items and then tell them what I what I want and they pick it for me and then I, you know, Take an access bus or, or or get a ride and and do that. So, was, um, was this people just were these people just asking you or did they call you up or did you go out yeah, of your way to find them or they, they were actually you know calling our customer support lines and saying like you know it it would be really nice if That's if awesome. you could help me and yeah. you know uh, kind of people were kind of wringing their hands over over that because it was like. Uh, you know, do we do we create a whole different site for them, or what do we need to do? And um, so I kind of jumped on that, and uh, you know, started to started to think about what can we do in this pretty you know high volume. I mean, there are like thirty thousand items, and you're supposed to pick like thirty of them in twelve minutes. So it's not like a uh, you know, it's not like an Amazon where you pick like one or two things out of two and a half million. So it's like you make the search box accessible. You make the list accessible, you make the checkout accessible, and you're done. Yeah. There was a lot of human factor stuff to, to go around in, in that. But um, the idea that you could use this technology for that kind of good was, uh, was a pretty powerful thing to me. And I've, uh, it's, it's stuck with me throughout my career. So is, is that when you became more focused on accessibility? Or was that just another, just one of the touchstones that led you to... That was, I mean, that was like the moment really yeah. for, for me. I, I, once I got past, uh, once I got into, uh, in, into that kind of work, it was, uh, you know, I, I had joined, uh, the, a W3C working group, the web content accessibility guidelines working group in 99, no, 2000, right. no, 99. Anyway, <laughs> uh, it, but it was, uh, you know, like three years later I was working for W3C, running a couple other uh, accessibility working groups. And uh, so that was, you know, it, it was having the perspective of somebody that's in business who has had to make the case that this stuff matters uh -huh. um, to people who are just like, look, we're going to go under in three months if we don't do X, Y, Z. So prove to me that you can do this stuff and we can try to make money at the same time. And for folks who are listening who maybe accessibility is a, a word that they have certain connotations with, I guess, and, and what what does it mean to you and what does that sort of um, the passion or the interest that you have for that translate to? Because you've talked about, you know, the getting the file size down for bandwidth for folks with, you know, on I mean, back in the day, really slow connections, but even the day today, like mobile, et cetera, versus also just people with visual or auditory disabilities and, and accessible issues that way. So where do your passions lie and what are the sort of the, the things you cover when you're looking at accessibility? Well, you know the the things that I that, that I talk about most uh, most often right now are are more about universal design that 
that if we talk about accessibility as a subcategory that's only related to people with disabilities uh, and their physical obstacles to accessing the content, we're uh, we're creating a kind of false dilemma that we have to solve this or we can do really cool stuff. And that's a, I mean, that's a really common misconception and it's one that, that really gets in our way. Uh, and also thing, you know, issues of social stigma, uh, associated with, with disability really, uh, you know, uh, I, I hear a lot of things that, you know, <laughs> you, you wouldn't say about, uh, any other minority group said about, about, you know, customers or users with disabilities. So, uh, when, when I talk about universal design, on the other hand, it's more about, you know, it doesn't matter whether you can see or how well you can see or hear. Uh, all of us are going to have the same kinds of problems if we open up a page on our iPhone in direct sunlight. Uh -huh. You know, if the contrast is low, if you have low vision, that's going to be a problem. But also if you're, you know, if you're out, you know, if you're outdoors, that's that's a problem too. Um, all of us are going to have the same kinds of limitations, and that's you know, like in, including the ability to read uh, long passages of uh, of text, um, the ability to just sort of keep your attention on a on a given thing at uh, it, at, at a given time, uh, to respond within a, a set number of seconds. Uh, all of these things are, I mean, even our bandwidth and our, you know, our connectivity have are, are factors in there. Like you're at a you know, Starbucks with a flaky Wi-Fi connection and you're trying to get you know, tick tickets off a of Ticketmaster and they say, oh, you got one minute to do this next thing. And you're like, uh, uh, okay, now it just cut out and I can't do it. And so now I don't get to see Daft Punk, right? So... <laughs> That I mean, all of these, uh, all of these factors, are, you know, are are things that that we need to to think about. And uh, you know, I feel like the things that we've that we've done in the research of accessibility and web accessibility in particular are good usability guidelines across the board. And when we express them as good usability guidelines across the board, then we can start saying like, if there's anything that's specific to someone with a with, with a disability at that time, we can explain that to them, and people understand it. But if we go into uh, you know if we go into an engagement or if we go up to you know to ask for accessibility in as such, it's such an easy thing for people to just marginalize, um, and it's it's kind of I mean it's discriminatory like it's facially discriminatory. You're you're you you can't really make a case that you just go eh I don't really care about those people right. as a class and that's not discrimination, um, but there is a way that we can work together to you know to to solve these these kinds of problems if we all just if we all just get behind the fact that we're all human some of us are actually going to lose our vision some of us are i mean a, a lot of us uh, you know on on a long enough timeline all of us are going to be disabled uh so the the issues that that we're encountering are the ones that we are going to be facing ourselves at some at some point in the future yeah i think that's like a powerful powerful argument to make is that uh we're not building things for, you know, if you need to like break through to someone like, you know, if you don't use the argument, like we're not building the sites for a group of people, we're not building it for more of an audience to come like, you know, like the uh, web band where we actually make our sites more accessible, get more customers. We're actually going to build it for ourselves uh, and that, uh, you know, we're actually going to like lose our vision, you know, down the road and, or we might, you know, lose a leg or something like that. Like just, you know, we need to make sure that or lose an arm or something like that, make sure that we actually use the stuff that we build for ourselves. And, you know, so it's, yeah. uh, it's I, like, I guess I had a Twilight Zone episode where the guy loses his glasses and can't read any books. Right. Spoiler yeah. We, we, Sorry, guys. We have this, uh, you know, we have this saying like we're designing for our future selves. Yeah. You know, the, uh, another, you know, an example of what, what, what's come up uh, sort of, sort of recently. Uh, so, uh, Amazon, their, their Kindle books um, have only really recently sort of had a, a an improvement in their accessibility on like iOS, uh, and the uh, and and uh, I mean the Kindle Fire is based on Android, so I uh, as I understand it, they're they're working on that too. But could you imagine? Uh, you've been buying these Kindle books for what five years now. Mm -hmm. You've collected you've collected maybe dozens or hundreds of uh, of these things. Uh, and you go out and there's a, you know, there's an industrial accident, you, you know, you go blind and your library is gone forever. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, 
it, it, those kinds of those kinds of things, like if you if you put yourself in that situation, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and realize that like we're not all blind from birth, we're not all deaf from birth, we we don't have we're not born with uh, with a lot of the 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 disabilities that we that we acquire, you know, uh, we the, this is this is something that that you know, these things evolve over time, and we you know when we look at it from from that perspective we start to to realize that okay when i'm 60 years old and i'm looking at retirement do i not want to be able to use my retirement website uh you know efficiently <laughs> it's and and I, of course you know 30 years from now i mean uh, as, as far as we know the the web might be injected into our brains but the <laughs> you know but realistically, we are going to want, I mean, we're going to come to expect that whatever size screen or if it's or if it's whispered into our ears or some smart agent pulls this information down and, and reads it to us, we are going to demand. That's going to be like a human right that we that we be able to do things like voting, uh, like like banking, like uh, shopping, mm-hmm. reading. Uh, that's not going to be negotiable. You know, that's not just going to be like, oh, well, those people over there, they're only like 1%, so we're not going to worry about it. It's going to be everybody that is, that is going to expect that, that kind of, that, that, you know, that, that kind of equal access. Right. Uh, And we, you know, it's, it's not that we have to think about accessibility on, uh, on the side, but we have to think about it integrally as a thing that we have to understand and respond to just as part of creating this kind of content for people. It's always about the people. It's not about like whether node whether we can use node.js and things like that. People get kind of wound up about the technology behind behind the stuff, mm-hmm. but then they kind of forget that there's this really inconvenient, wet, fleshy thing at the other end of it that we're actually designing for. Uh, so <laughs> I feel like I just you know I'm, I'm just that voice in the wilderness sometimes where I'm like, hey, remember that there are people that use the web, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's that's really sort of what being an accessibility advocate is is about. That we can't yeah. systematize everything everything about it because the people at the end are always going to be different. Well, like, um, how do you feel about um, this? Is something I've just been thinking about. I feel like we're in like this growing pains of the web and the internet, and in that um, you know we, we we went through the whole dot com bust you know, era where people didn't think that you know I don't know what they thought like like ease of mailing someone digitally is a stupid idea or buying stuff through Amazon was a stupid idea and that therefore, you know, you know, digital companies are as a whole were a dumb idea and therefore, you know, they, we shouldn't, you know, whatever. Uh, as a sore subject for me. But anyway, but so we went through this whole idea and, and I feel like, you know, companies now, especially like credit card companies now or financial institutions, you know, when I deal with them, they're like, we really want you to go paperless. And I was like, well, if, you know, they're going to be on the uncutting edge of like saying like, we really just want to interact with you on a digital um, level in order to keep our, you know, the cost of having you as a customer very low and our profit margins, profit margins higher. Um, you know, that's going to just trickle down to government eventually, you know, pretty much if not, you know, already with online utility paying bills and doing also uh, paying bills, but also, you know, having websites and, and doing lots of that. Um, and, and we're I mean, we're already seeing that hugely at Adobe. So uh, <laughs> that's so, one of the first things that a lot of people have to ask. So yeah, Is it, and like I feel like and with the whole uh, NSA thing or whatever, like you know, I just feel like um, it's everything's going to be moving to a digital thing. And yet we have this like whole rights issue of of sorts of we should have rights, you know, of people to get onto on, online. However, we still have to deal with you know the rest of the world isn't online yet. You know, there's still Portions of America's, you know, uh, population that 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 don't have easy access to it. I mean, Google is doing their whole like Google Fiber uh, thing, city at a time, you know, to like, you know, I don't know what their their, their I don't know what their PR face uh, uh, point of that, but you know, it, it's just you know, and it's just, but that's just showcasing how much you can do with if you have Google Fiber in a city like Kansas City and, and doing that. So I feel like you know. It's not there yet, but I feel like like the, our our culture is still trying to come to grips with having an always on mentality. And do you feel like accessibility, you know, making sure things that we actually produce online are just, you know, are are, are we are we improving that area and 
and generally, like in terms of making web pages than we were 10 years ago when we had the dot-com bust? Or like, do you feel like that's this, you know, like what is the nature of this, you know, you know practice of like just making sure that we build accessible stuff? Because like I just, I feel like, this, you know, we're kind of like growing pains. I, I, I want to use the word growing pains, but I feel like it's like, uh, I don't know, growth spurt, I guess, more, more than anything else. Well, you know, I feel like it's uh, uh, try to think about how to, how to analogize this, but you know, it, I, I guess the Wild West. I mean, the just that there's there's always going to be you know like the okay the can I use kind of phenomenon that you just have this constant flow of new technology, and now it's kind of you know like infinite diversity and infinite combinations, right? You have these. Uh, all of this, all of these new technologies, uh, all of these new JavaScript libraries, um, new things being added to HTML and CSS. Uh, you've got new types of hardware. You have new display sizes, new browsers for all of those things. The concept of Google Glass. Mm -hmm. You know, all of the all of this stuff is uh, you know is is diverging madly. Um, while at the same time, sort of HTML was kind of architected to to handle that to to a great extent that it did it it wasn't it wasn't intended to be the uh the painting canvas for you know for for the internet it was meant to be sort of the data structure right uh you know so um you know over time like okay we've done we've done a lot in all of those areas to improve the accessibility of overall mm -hmm. of you know html and you know and I'll say PDF two has you know ha has improved fairly dramatically over over time because you have those you know uh, uh, you know uh, automatic uh, automated document processing systems that are pumping out like a billion you know PDFs a day to uh, for all of the things that used to that used to be bills that arrived in the mail mm -hmm. uh, and those are you know so so all of those things need to. Uh, I mean, need to get better. I, I mean, I, I think that it, it's going to, it's going to come down to moments where, you know, they've shut down the newspaper and are going strictly online. They shut down. Well, well they shut down Newsweek, right? So. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and then they're publishing using, you know, they're publishing on to the iPad. You know, that that it's, those are those are apps. You know, so it's like it's a it's a software application that just happens to have some content inside of it. Right. Uh, and all of those things, um, you know, we, what, what happens is there's, there's one group of people that goes out the trailblazer, if you will, mm. who, uh, who goes out and shows the, uh, the outer range of what you can do. Right. Uh, and there's, it's not easy to to rein those those people in, and in, in some cases, we don't want them to to be reined in by. I mean, we're well, talking we're, we're talking. Uh, I mean, not just accessibility, but internationalization, security, mm. uh, you know, the, the uh, privacy, all of these uh, all of these things we pretty much violate routinely when we mm. go pretty far afield. Right. Yeah. Well, like, well, like, uh, like so, yeah. You mentioned like you know just bringing accessibility into uh, you know the PDFs and so, they, but then you have accessibility of, like a Newsweek or a magazine that says like, oh well, we want to take this metaphor of a magazine that's in the physical space and like put it into your iPad and go to a newsstand and buy a metaphor that represents old, you know, old way of thinking. And here's your digital magazine, so that. And I just I don't understand. I mean, I can understand. I, I understand the fear of a business. Um, not wanting to shake away from that, but I don't understand. Um, well, I, I, I do understand that, and I feel like there's like people like the the special New York Times was it New York Times where they did the whole snow I had a snow footer yeah. that was, and then the Verge did an arcade uh, article piece that was kind of kind of cool looking, like that was really cool. But I feel like that's like the future where they need to go, and that's like you know built on HTML, you know, built on CSS, and that's like way more. Has that? I, mean, I didn't check the accessibility of it, but I feel like that's way more. That's easier to make accessible than it would be to like try to cram a, a layout that's supposed like designed in InDesign and put into a PDF and make that accessible. 
on the fly. I mean, I'm sure maybe nobody's working on that. I have no idea. But yeah. uh, it's a little bit outside my, my wheelhouse. But Actually, we, we kind of are. But anyway. <laughs> I mean, the... Yeah, and it's you know I feel like when you when you go out that far into mm -hmm. the you know, in, into the future there there is this like moment where you kind of have to snap back and say, okay, we need to explain how this, you know, how we're going to make this better, like how this is going to work, you know, it, how this is going to work in in the future. And a lot of the time when we, uh, you know, like we we have to have that that room to, um. Uh, expand our knowledge of how we're going to present this stuff to people. Um, but at the same time, I feel like when, when, when we're, as we're evolving, we need to be able to ask the people, how do you expect to make this accessible? How do you expect this stuff to work right to left? Right. You know, how, how is this going to work on mobile devices? How is this going to work on uh, wearables? You know, if this was voice only, what, what, what information would you be communicating? Not so that they, instantly have an answer because sometimes even I don't have an answer when somebody points when, when somebody takes something like uh, uh, you know we have this uh, this new um, this new project at, at Adobe where we're showing off uh, a ruler and uh, uh, you know, and, and a pen mm -hmm. um, that you'd be able to basically draw on you know draw something on this device and actually sort of copy it into the you know into the the pen and paste it onto another uh, onto another device like yeah. I really I really can't even fully think my way through this <laughs> until I actually see it in people's hands and how they're using it because that's the part that's important. Can know? I give you cash money right now just to get one of those right now? Because I would I'm, totally do that right now. Are you kidding me? I can't even. <laughs> I've I've seen and that's about as close as I as I'll as I'll get it until we have something that's uh, at least in a you know in in beta form. So, okay. like, um, but I promise I will. I promise I will make videos of it as soon as I get a copy. <laughs> I was just like, this is so cool. Ah, yeah. Know, please so. make me jealous as soon as you can. Yes, I I saw I saw that myself, and I was like, "Wallet fall out, yeah, money drop too far, take please now." Yeah, I, I was watching that. I was like, "All do we have to do is say, I don't know whatever the price would be. Like I'm just gonna say ninety nine nine or whatever." It's like, and they would have like too many orders. Uh, right, yeah. Adobe Max keynote. So I was just like, "Oh man," but yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what you're saying to get back to your point is just like, you know, they probably came to you like you're hypothetically. I'm not sure they actually, but you know. How do I make this accessible if I copy this from one device and I go to another device and like, like, and like your brain was probably like just I don't know what just blown probably just, just jelly. To, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it's you know, if if someone were to, you know, if someone were to win, invent you know uh, a ball peen hammer, mm. right? You know, they they would have they have like one view of of how that thing would be used, but obviously there are hundreds of applications for. For that, you know, it's not just like, well, like a pound nails into wood. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, there's other stuff that you can, you know, that you can do with a ball peen hammer, and the, you know, and it evolves like these tools evolve over time mm -hmm. to reflect how we use them. Yeah. You know, uh, and I have, you know, I, I have a lot of people who say like, why can't it just be accessible when we when we start out? And I'm like, you, you have to you have to think about the, you know. This is a conversation between the producer and the consumer of of you know of, of that tool. Um, you'll probably have a good grip of a couple good uses for whatever it is that you're that you're creating. Um, but especially as you get into things that have APIs um, or, or that have sort of different uh, different user experiences across devices or things that are optimized for one thing or or, or another, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you start to realize that that whole model. Kind of falls apart. You, know, you you have to actually look at what are we trying to do here. What is the you know what are the transactions going on between the producer and the consumer? You know, or or between the customer and the store, or between the citizen and the government. Yeah. Uh, and that's sort of where we get a lot of the um, you know a lot of understanding of. Ooh, what our job is as a professional, like we have to have answers for that stuff. It's not necessarily that that we um, that we solve that stuff immediately, but we do have to realize that there are going to be people in the United States who can legally vote who only speak Tagalog or Arabic or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, 
whether or not you've thought about it, that stuff is still going to be true. And as we get closer and closer to things like e-voting, mm-hmm. where you know, like that, you know, that is, uh, you know, we're getting into like human rights territory, not just kind of like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if we could we could make a nice video with a guy in a wheelchair? You know, like the the kinds of you know drive-by accessibility sort of. Uh, exploitation sometimes uh, that, that, that we see. Um, this is kind of like we're getting into like the serious stuff where you may actually be preventing somebody from doing something that they're, you know, that, that they're, they're constitutionally protected <laughs> for, for the, to, you know, constitutionally allowed to do. Right. So it's like we've gone from like being passive, let's say, like in terms of displaying content to now we're talking about the interaction or like, you know, the, the whole web apps, you know, type of scenario or beyond that in terms of like, how can we make this transaction uh, accessible, right? Right, yeah. yeah. And, and not just and, for like, you know, screen readers where uh, a person would have to buy a screen reader or install it and then they can be, and then they can, they can take it in. But also when you're actually moving things on the screen or if you have hardware or whatever that, you, yeah. Okay. And it's like, I, I kind of think about the, this, you know, like design, design is a verb, right? Like the, yeah. the, uh, and, and, you know, accessibility, is, you know, it, accessibility isn't a, uh, you know, it, it isn't, well, okay. My Spanish teacher taught me the difference between verb tenses by saying like, this one's a boom and this one's a la-di-da. Like I went to the store, boom. Like I was going to the store is a la-di-da. Like you are in a process of doing this thing. Hmm. Accessibility and, and design in general is a la-di-da. Like you don't just like, I designed this mm-hmm. and I'm done forever because there's no possible <laughs> way that I could optimize it beyond, yeah. beyond this thing because my 1.0 man, I just nailed it. Right. The, you know, the, the concept that like, oh, well we need to, you know, like, you know, people talk about accessibility like it's this thing, like, uh, you know, chair desk table accessibility this is a this is a, a a concrete thing and we just run it through this checker and we're done mm-hmm. uh it's much more than that it's a it's a proxy for for reaching people the same thing with internationalization the same uh, like uh, the, the same thing with privacy there are always there are always threats and opportunities to to everything that we're that we're doing as as designers. And if we think of ourselves as I'm a designer because I have a copy of Photoshop, and by the way, thank you because that really does help pay my salary. Uh, <laughs> we are missing out on a whole bunch of things that could make people's lives better. Mm-hmm. Not just talking about accessibility. I'm just saying we we think we tend to think about we tend to think about these, these little narrow things that, and, and that's what makes us a designer. It's like, no, that just makes us proficient at Photoshop. Mm. You know, there's a whole lot more that we can, that, that we can be thinking about with every single UX decision that we make in a given, you know, in, in a given site. Right. Uh, and that is what makes us professionals. It's the difference between being a tradesperson, mm-hmm. you know, and, somebody that's actually worth the money that they're being paid. Like right. trades person, uh, trade, like a tradesperson has a set of techniques. They do it over and over again. Right. They don't necessarily dramatically improve the state of things over, o- over time, but mm-hmm. they, you know, they get to, they get to a level of proficiency and that's, that's what they're good at. Cool. Like a professional sees problems and starts to solve them on a broader scale. And I feel like we're at the point where we can kind of demand that of the, of the designers that are working on the web today. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's also like nomenclature? Cause I feel like, you could talk to design a designer, and they would just be doing the GUI, right? But you know, they'll still lay claim to design a designer term as their own, which is cool, or whatever. But um, and then you have the designer who actually thinks about the whole spiel, like if you will, like the whole process, the whole interaction, and so like that. And I feel like you know that is that, that's more in terms of like when I think of design, I think like. We have to think about the the visual design, but we also have to think about the interaction. Uh, we have to think about the user experience with all the emails that we send out. How does that feel? And so, that. so like you know, that's the whole type of process. Do you feel like you know the the term is we need we need a new term, or the term is well, is you know, I mean, like the I I kind of like the UX movement. Um, I I kind of dislike it when they 
think that they've got the market cornered, like that they're the ones that have that, that have all the answers, but they are the ones that think design's a verb. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's that that that's valuable in and of itself. Yeah. Um, as long as they realize that there's a that that there is a a give and take, that there is a collaboration that needs to be had mm-hmm. among a lot of different role players in uh, you know in, in the process. Um, that's great. But, you know, you, right when we started, you were talking about sort of, it's weird how we all came together, you know, mm-hmm. in 1995, like if you were a computer science person, if you were, uh, you know, an English lit person, if you were a IT person that, you know, or, you know like, a you know, just somebody that was, that was proficient with Linux, um, they all still called you webmaster, mm-hmm. you know, we, yeah, and, and it was like it was a one-stop shop. You were chief cook and bottle washer most of the time <laughs> when, when they called you a, a webmaster. So there's always room for people to expand uh, the you know the, what what it is that they do. And in larger organizations, you can have someone like a content strategist. Um, but it it is starting to feel like uh, a user experience specialist is uh, is becoming more and more necessary as such. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel that they need to be the uh, the translator. They need mm-hmm. to be the person that can t- that that can sit between, uh, you know, a graphic designer and a front end engineer, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or a server side engineer, and say when when the de- designer says, "I wanted to do blah," right? Like, yeah. This is, this this is the codified. Mm-hmm. version of that like these are the technologies that we're kind of looking at these are the you know, sort of bits over the wire that you have to be concerned with so don't just throw throw in like a couple hundred k of jQuery <laughs> stuff for this one for this one page like okay. to be able to uh, to see the whole landscape and how things can can be can be screwed up like that's just mm-hmm. um, you know you need to have somebody that can manage that entire I mean, like the, the the whole experience from the time they they come to the site until something arrives at their door, mm-hmm. uh, that um, you know a manager may not understand like a a you know sort of old line manager at least a lot of the ones that I've that I've worked with right. um, only thought about sort of the end product and not as a you know as a go between for all of these different warring factions of uh, you know of, of organizations right yeah because um, the job you just explained was like the one i had in like right before the dot-com bust yeah <laughs> so, but yeah and so we're like, yeah you know and we're getting to the to the point that we all should kind of understand the state of the art across all of these these disciplines mm-hmm. you know if you're a good artist you know more than one medium you know if you the if you you can understand these schools without being like uh, you know, deeply, you know, well versed in every single one of them, uh-huh. uh, so that you can, so that you can take these these kinds of conflict and resolve them always with the idea of making this better for the person at the end of the line. Right. Yeah. Well, I do want to mention. I do want to go back one one step. Step is that um, you weren't always an accessibility guy. Because uh, I was researching past interviews, and you were actually giving an interview um, uh, when you worked with Blue Flavor. Yep. Uh, when was Blue Flavor? Um, that was, let's see, I was there from, let's see, that was, oh. Was that before or after six, WebBand? That was after Web, that was after W3C. Okay. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I guess I kind of disagree there. I, I feel like if you go into the Blue Flavor blog, which may still be alive. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's take a look. I I rather just keep it in my memory. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's still there. Uh, if you look through here, uh, on, if blueflavor.com slash blog, there's uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not in there anymore. Um, yeah, I I did a lot of writing in in this blog for uh, the. I think they're all just only next posts remain. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, you know, I did a lot of writing and, and, and my sort of, uh, you know, superpower in, in blue flavor, which was, uh, it was a design consultancy. There were, there were four of us that, that co-founded it. And, uh, uh, who are the people of, who don't mind? 
Um, Brian Fling, uh, Nick Fink, uh, and Keith Robinson. Yeah. Uh, and there were a lot of other people that came through there. Tom Watson, mm-hmm. Jeff Croft, uh, you know, the, the Kevin Tamora, um, lots of, uh, lots of, uh, of, of really great designers yeah. that sort of came in, in through there. Yeah. Um, but my goal in all of this was to show that if there was a high design kind of, uh, of website out there that you could do accessibility without it being a line item, like not something that somebody can scratch through. Right. Uh, and, you know, sort of talking about, about that, that, you know, if you, if you present it as an option and you put a dollar figure on it, mm-hmm. um, you know, people, people run away, but yeah. we, we managed to have, uh, you know, a series of customers that would come, that, that, that would come through and we had like, uh, the Washington, uh, department of licensing. Mm-hmm came to us with a specific set of, uh, of requirements, uh, to, you know, to build templates and we, you know, and, and it, we didn't say, well, if you want it to be accessible, it's going to be another 5,000, you know, uh, I right. took that project on and just said, because we know how this is, you know, how this is done, the end product of it is going to be, is, is going to be reasonably accessible. And, you know, that was sort of what I wanted to, I mean, I, I felt like I, I had to prove that we could do accessibility and not have it be uh, pitted against mm-hmm. the, you know, uh, against making money as a as a consulting company. Right. Uh, like um, it, it wasn't an item that you, um, it wasn't commodity, right? It was just a way of, of practice. It was like best practices. Right. Well. Right. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I had sort of, you know, established some kind of bona fides as, uh, as an accessibility person. Um, but the, the idea that if it was accessible, that it would have to be uglier or, you know, in, inferior in some way, I think is, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, that was something that needed to be disproven. And I feel like that was, that was my opportunity to do that. Hmm. So I don't ever feel like I left. I felt like I kept, you know, the, uh, you know, if you stick a poker in the fire long enough, the fire gets in the poker. Whatever I do, <laughs> my goal is going to be to to make sure that everybody uh, is able, you know, to to access it mm-hmm. equitably. Yeah, it, it seems like that job we just talked about where, like, you're the person, like, you, you kind of laid down the t- technology, I guess, vision for projects and, yeah. and for that. So and it's also, like, the same goes back to the job we just mentioned before where you had to be the person – there's a, there has to be a person um, that will talk to design uh, the front end visual designer also talk to the back end and and be that user experience specialist if you will and then yeah be able to, to come together for that okay. yeah yeah cool. and my, my feeling about that was like it, the the technical side of that didn't go particularly well because I was uh, you know like in my in my haste to come up with a you know, a, a solution for everything. I, I would always go and find like the greatest, the, the, the greatest technology for, you know, for, for one client or another, mm-hmm. and then I'd have to learn it all. So I kind of understand now the, the like, Oh, I, you know, I use Drupal or I use WordPress or right. I use node right. for every or rails for everything. And because, I will cram it down this hole no matter what. Right. Yeah. Yes. Any, you know, it, when, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but right. there is, I mean, there's a lot to ramp up on when you start saying like, Oh, we're going to take on a real estate client. So I'm going to learn this right. real estate CMS uh, and, and things like that. Like that, uh, that was the part that was, that was the most exasperating about, uh, about all of that stuff is that, you spent so much time learning that, that you didn't have that much time to do. You yeah, know? Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I just, um, yeah. Cause I just came across that, that you were um, in the interview, just, I don't want to backtrack too much, but just like, you know, you you say like, I'm not an accessibility guy, but like, but it was still there, you know, still underneath. But, um, you know, I also want to mention, you know, you work for Adobe. Yes. Uh, WCC just came out. Like literally I just downloaded the entire suite. Uh, like Isn't Monday or cool? Tuesday. Yeah. I like, like, Isn't it funny that now 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 you can actually talk to an to an Adobe guy and be like, oh, I downloaded your entire suite, and they're like, cool, I'm yeah. awesome. <laughs> like, you pirater. Uh, but no, um, <laughs> no, like I, I think I tweeted about this, and I was kind of like, you know, you can't. I don't know. I was talking to someone about uh, being snarky. I think uh, last week or something like that, like on Twitter. I was like, dude, that is what that's my wheelhouse on Twitter. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what else you can do, but on Twitter. But um, but yeah, I just like. 
the one uh, benefit of having Adobe on um, being cloud is that I don't have to go freaking look for my DVD or of the software and have the Byzantine registration type code to type in and then pray that your servers are up and then pray that I've installed it underneath the limit of times. So yeah. I say you're like, like you're like the whole entire company, but, but uh, it's just like, yeah. I, it, I personally it, did all of this. <laughs> it's like, I know Matt's there <laughs> wringing his hands like, yes, finally. Wow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think like just to be able to download the whole entire thing um, and just like, oh man, I need some video editing software. I need to go buy. Whoa, wait a second. I got this installed. You know, I got yeah. I'm ready to roll. Um, but I do want to like see if you know what involvement. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. This kind of backtracks into like your what do you do to the day job. That's kind of a question. But like your role in terms of helping products at Adobe as well be more accessible. Like, you know, is there anything that you've put into Adobe CSS, or am I overstepping um, your role in Evangelist? I guess. Well, I can uh, I can cover some some of this. I mean, the so my job as as accessibility evangelist at, at Adobe is you know half internal and half external. So I I go to a lot of teams and say like, what are you doing? Uh, you know, these are the things that that we need. Uh, you know, and you know, work with them to to get the you know to to get their engineers the information that they that they need. Like we have a training program. We have uh, over 200 engineers, testers, and managers that have gone through this, uh, you know, long, like day-long accessibility training that we've that we've developed. So um, that falls under evangelism. Uh, we we work with them to you know to to get the feature lists of you know, things you know like watch what they're watch what they're developing. Like um, the, the edge tools are the ones that we've. Uh, that I've been working most closely with lately, mm-hmm. uh, and they, you know, we have so Edge Inspect, which uh, is a uh, you know, sort of mobile testing tool that you install a, a extension into to Chrome, and so you can browse the sites that you're testing, uh, and it broadcasts those same that those same sites across all of the devices that you may have sitting uh, sitting around. So, uh, fantastic tool for just testing websites. Across Android and iOS, and uh, it's uh, but the the actual interface uh, on both sides has had accessibility tweaks, so mm-hmm. that uh, you know, so so that they will you know, so that the content will will work properly. Uh, we've you know, so so we've gotten to work with with teams like that uh, just to to show the value of if I need to do accessibility testing on iOS. Uh, Edge Inspect is a fantastic tool for doing that because I can just throw the throw the site at uh, you know throw the site from my laptop onto the onto the device, turn VoiceOver on, and it works just like it would in Safari. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a that's a, a really cool way to show that you know even in a tool that you wouldn't necessarily think of as having an accessibility issue, mm-hmm. you can introduce that as here's another way that you can test your 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 site to make sure that it's doing what it's supposed to do. Um, we've had, a, we've had meetings with like, uh, edge animate that team. Uh, last time I saw them was, uh, you know, the, 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 the PM for their, for their project came running up to me and said, like, oh, you think this ability guy, let me show you all the cool things that we're doing. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the first, the, the first thing, and I'm, I'm not going to feel like I'm ta- talking out of school here when I, when I say this, like the Adobe edge, the first preview that we re- that we released, mm-hmm. You know, we opened it up and looked at it, and it was like there was no HTML there. It was just like there was a canvas, right. and there was no content inside the canvas, and they just sort of did all of this crazy stuff using JavaScript. Well, um, now they have actually evolved the the interface so that it is uh, it is HTML. You can actually add, you can actually create semantics for the individual objects that you're laying out in Edge. Uh, so you can so you can manage to some extent the the reading order of the content, how it's going to read out, add alt text to images that you've in, that you've inserted in there, and it works. And so uh, it's just if internally it's it's an opportunity for me to reach out to you know to to people who uh, just need to have that you know, that that kind of extra you know extra point of view. To say, 
hey, have you thought about doing this or that? Like we we have ways that make the stuff that you create more usable to a greater audience uh, and the content. I mean, even more importantly, you may have we may have you know thousands of people that are using uh, Acrobat. Well, millions, we'll say. Uh, but we have billions of people that consume that content. So if we make, uh, I mean, so if we can, you know, we have to, to, to think about the stuff that we're producing, um, knowing that there are a million ways that things could go off the rails once someone has, has got a copy of, of Acrobat, like with word, you know, you can create really great accessible, semantically correct, well-designed things by uh, setting the styles and then using the headings and the lists and all of the things that that the the word interface gives you. But if you just got hired into a company and it's your first time using Word, what you're going to do is you're going to highlight the text and you're going to make it big and you're going to change the color and you're going to bold it and then you're going to think that that's a heading. Uh, and that's just that's just poor user education. But unless you correct that, that's just how things are going to go. Yeah. And there are some things that as a software developer, like a, you can prevent errors from happening before they, you know, before people break it. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's always a better way to break it, right? So <laughs> we, you know, so, so those are the kinds of things that, that we as an authoring tool provider express to you know to 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 our product teams to say like you have an opportunity every time this page gets created to do a good job mm -hmm. uh we have that capability and and to the greatest extent possible we want to make sure that we that we do that so those are the kinds of messages that i that i tell our own people and then of course there's you know giving talks in, in the public about what we do. And, uh, you know, I give a lot of talks. Actually, you think you've been in the audience for one of my talks on universal design. Um, so it's really, uh, I have a lot of different ways to, you know, to, to reach out to, to people and, and, you know, the, the word evangelist actually comes from, you know, it's a biblical term, but it's, it's like the, I think it's, it's Greek, I think for like spreader of good news, mm -hmm. you know, we have a lot of good news to to talk about, and, uh, you know, and and we and, and for for a lot of people that have some experience with accessibility, they feel like it's all bad news. So we're going to hold them <laughs> back, and we're like, no, no, no. We we actually have some some great techniques now that can let you do okay. the things that you want to do the way that you want them to to appear mm -hmm. in the processes in, in which you create them, mm -hmm. and all you do is add like a an RA attribute here or there, or right. you know you you know or you able to set all text for uh for for a given thing uh, all of that stuff is uh you know it, it's good it's we're, we're making things better uh you know one one step at a time yeah well i will say like like as you said you know part of your job as evangelist and being out there and speaking and even even um speaking at our the uh online summit the accessibility summit i don't know for how many years now but uh uh i think the first time i think the second year maybe um you did a talk that was I was not expecting it at all, and um, I probably should have. But it was so inspiring that uh, I was like, I mean, I'm hearing an inspiring talk um, uh, from Matt May, which is about accessibility, which I didn't think I would get. And <laughs> it was just, it was so awesome that you know it's like uh, we're getting him back again and again, and it's just like because it's it was um, you know it goes back to the whole good news part of it, and so it's and um, it was it was it's just really just. It just makes you want to go out and say, like, "Yeah, we're going to do this. This is the right way we've been doing it." And uh, and you know, and to kind of bring it back to like, uh, I'm a big promoter of accessibility and trying to like get into our websites. And as a book author, you know, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't go to my publishers and say, "I want to write a book about accessibility," because they're like, "Well, no one wants to buy it," you know. Yeah. But so now I just say, "I want to write a book about uh, images for the web." I'm just going to bake accessibility into it. Exactly. You know, and I'm just yeah. like it's. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hide that. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna. It's gonna be there. You can't take it out. <laughs> so it's just, right. Yeah. Yeah. Congratulations, your grown-ups now. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's. I mean, that's a lot of what we of what we do. And you know, I feel like the um, accessibility summit is. I mean, like those are my people, right? Yeah. I 
I give I give the same talk. Uh, I've given the same talk to Accessibility Summit that I've given to South by Southwest, mm -hmm. um, and I know that if you know uh, that I mean that talk resonates in different ways to different mm -hmm. you know to to different audiences. Yeah. Um, well, how did it go down in South by? I think it went pretty well. I mean, the the, the issue is like there are twenty thousand people at South by, and I had like a hundred. <laughs> you know. And it's 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 kind of uh, you know any kind of advocacy that actually tries to get people off their asses is uh, it's always it's always rough on the speaker because like you kind of you kind of cap your speaker score at four yeah. <laughs> like, like and you should do something too yeah. wait what no I'm just here because lunch is next yeah. <laughs> so uh, you know it's it's one of those things where like the that if you you know, I, I I tried to create a message that uh, you know that that resonates with with people and sort of gets people to think about the next step of like, you know, just if I can get if I can get somebody who's like a neutral uh, who's neutral on accessibility in general to stop and think about it the next time they're doing something new and crazy, uh, I feel like I've I've done my job. Uh, to the to the extent that I can get people to actively advocate for the things that that, that I'm talking about, so much better. Um, but the you know it, I I try not to be I mean exploitative. I mean, like that there I've seen a lot of, of of people who talk about accessibility in a way that indicates that they don't really work that closely with people with disabilities because <laughs> it's like, Oh, look at how, uh, you know, how inspirational they are. They like the, a lot of people rail against that because they're just like, I'm not trying to be inspirational. I'm just trying to, to get on with my day. Like there's just some stuff that I have to deal with that you don't, but it doesn't make me a hero or, you know, like I don't, they're not asking for help. They're not asking to be treated specially. It's mm -hmm. just they just want to have the same kind of day everybody else is having. Right. Uh, and so, you know, I want to just talk about people like they're people mm -hmm. and realize that we all, I mean, that we're all on our own different grind, right? We've, we, we all have stuff that we're, you know, ha have stuff that we're dealing with. Uh, but to the extent that, that we can all work together, you know, to the extent that we can be inclusive, um, without pandering or uh, or stereotyping or you know, like th those are the things that, that 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 make us all feel like we're you know we're in we're we're all in this together. Um, so that's those are the those are the kinds of messages that I that I tried to to impart. We you know it everybody is you know, everybody's a producer and a consumer and we're, we're all trying to, you know, to live our lives and be happy. And, um, you know, there's, there's so much benefit to be gained by actually thinking about the other person, you know, to thinking, to thinking about what we could do to make a more inclusive world in general. Uh, this is just one aspect of it, but it does open your mind up to a lot of other things that, that we could be doing, uh, you know, societally. So, that's uh that's why I'm an evangelist, I guess. <laughs> I think it's a good very good reason. So um I think it's a good good way to uh to, to end the show. Um on, on that note. I think that's I can't think of a better one. But uh how can people find you on the internet and um and also your book is um tell what you, you <laughs> it's old uh, universal design for web application. Do you, like even though it's kinda of old, I still feel like um I haven't picked it up in a while, but like when I read it, you know, not too long ago, like I looked at it again. Not too long ago, I still felt it was kind of still. I felt like it gave you like the right mindset to approach things. Yeah. Or is, it, is it too old? Like you know, too tied to technology for people to pick up now? You think or I feel like it's a it's a fifty fifty. There's half of the book is about technology that I mean, this came out like with the iPhone three G, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was in two thousand eight, mm -hmm. uh, and it was. So uh, we were in the era where there were JavaScript libraries that were being, uh, you know, like that that were built so that they could so that you could make web pages that emulated iPhone apps and stuff like that. But that's like old hat. That's done 
we're off into like the phone gap and uh and uh, uh what are the other ones uh, uh for like html to to i to iphone or cross platform kinds of uh, of applications so uh we're getting to the uh it, to this 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 period where we were kind of hacking our way through in the mm-hmm. technology and now um i keep you know, sort of building up material so that we could do a second edition of uh, of this. That's kind of like now we are where we needed to be, mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's slow going. Uh, I will say that though that the advocacy part is the other half of the book, and I I just read through it a few months ago, and that part I think is is still very relevant to just the the process of you know just getting through to organizations why this is important what we can, you know, what we can do and how we can do it in a way that doesn't, you know, blow a budget or take a, take a ridiculous extra amount of time, which all basically boils down to, if you know about the stuff beforehand, you're going to, you know, you're not going to be digging yourself any holes as you, as you go through the process. So yeah, it's so universal design for applications. Uh, Hopefully someday in the future, I will be able to, uh, to talk more about, about doing a, a second edition and getting that out there. Uh, I'm a little oversubscribed at the moment, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking and talking about it. So uh, there's, there's hope on that end. Okay, cool. And then how can people find you on Twitter or uh, I'm a blog? Or yeah, I'm Matt May pretty much everywhere. Okay. Uh, I'm not really blogging much, but if you, if you, <laughs> look, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm Matt May on Twitter. Um, the Adobe accessibility blog is blogs.adobe.com slash accessibility. Oh, cool. Uh, I'm on, I'm on the Facebooks and the LinkedIn's and all that fun stuff too. So cool. I, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> if you Google me, I'm, I'm the first one up, I think. So cool. Awesome. There you go. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thanks for having me. Cool. And talk to you later. All right. Bye.